Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man. And uh, just a slight correction, we'll not only recap the games from yesterday, but we'll recap the games from Saturday too. Arguably, maybe not so arguably, the best day of college football of the season thus far anyways. We'll recap some of those great games. Lots going on. we got some late-breaking sports news in the world of baseball. Talk about the St. Louis Cardinal parade as well. Big Dog and a coach at your service. Hope you had a great weekend, sports and or otherwise. We are off and running. Another fun week here at the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Let's listen to some music, and I will welcome in my semi-esteemed uh, partner. Thank you very much, David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass. And Big Don, there's, uh, let's put it this way, there's worse ways that you could be introduced than semi-esteemed. It's uh, kind of a backhanded compliment. But how are you, big fella? Everything good over the weekend? Well, uh, no, everything was not good over the weekend. Uh-oh. You know, if you'd have saw me this weekend, Coach, I, w- I was totally steamed, not just semi-esteemed. Wow. Esteemed no, as no, an no. S-T-A-M-E-D? Yeah, exactly. No, no, right. I gotta admit, I, I'm extremely happy. Life is really good. It's just that <laughs> this was the last, this is the last weekend that I possibly could have been uh, out oh, yeah. on the river tour. You know, giving the old tour guy. You know, and my boss is like, no, no, we're not doing it. It was absolutely gorgeous all weekend. You know what I mean? It was my last chance to make really, really good. I get paid way too much for what I do, Coach. Yep. And uh, not on this show, decided. by the way. Oh no, on this show, I, I no. definitely get paid way, yeah. way, way too much for what I do. Uh, no, 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 you don't get paid nearly enough, but uh, you're talking about your job as the tour guide on the Chicago River. Yeah, yeah so they, they nixed the whole weekend, and it ended up being perfect out there. It was just gorgeous. Uh, uh, obviously, except for Sunday night, which I was going to do my haunted tour, and it, it rained the whole entire time, so yeah. that was okay. And so I'm like, all right, I get to watch college football. And every time, Coach, that, that we get our tours canceled, and I have to watch college football, which 99.8% of the other time in my life I'd rather be doing that. I swear to you, it's the worst college football. I had to watch Illinois go in reverse all day against Penn State and eventually lose. But what a day on Saturday for college That's, football. I, it was game after game after game, Coach. I, th- I think you uh, might have checked in via the telecommunicative phone line after I made the comment. Uh, I said, arguably, and then I said, you know what, maybe not so arguably, the best day of college football so far this season. No, oh, no, definitely so far this year it was the best day of college football. It yeah. definitely was. But then again, like, I, like I'll admit, this has been one of those years where I haven't got to watch a lot of college football, but I, I stay up on it and I know mm-hmm. what happens throughout the day. When you talk about Stanford, USC, which is a classic, Wisconsin played a more exhilarating game against Ohio State than they did the week before against Michigan State, and that game ended in an Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Seriously, if you... That Ohio State-Wisconsin game was as good as college football gets. And when I hear people, well, Ohio State's out of it, blah, 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 they're not playing for nothing. No, no, those guys put on scarlet and silver, I, and they represent the Ohio State University. Big what dog, I, I, that was. I told you last week after watching them, you know, I, it was my first up-close-and-personal watching Luke Fickle and the Buckeye take on Illinois, I said, Luke Fickle is there to stay. 
This guy is a solid young coach. You know, I read a little bit about him, still some question, but I actually watched the Buckeye play and watched Coach Luke on the sidelines. I like this guy, and that was a tremendous, tremendous psychological victory for Ohio State University, and I think Luke Fickle was there to stay. Coach, uh, imagine imagine Jim Trussell stepped down. You know what? The stress of the Ohio State job is just too much for me. And he leaves, and Luke Fickle's named head coach. And they have Terrell Pryor, Mike Adams, Boom Heron all season long. Yep. Right now, we'd be uh, like, yep. right, people thought Fickle wasn't that great of a coach because uh, Braxton Miller was struggling as a fresh, true freshman quarterback. I don't care. You could have Urban Meyer as the offensive coordinator for Braxton Miller, and he would still look mm-hmm. like a true freshman quarterback. Yep. So, uh, yeah. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna uh, be very normally. We're kind of you know all over the place, very loosey goosey. We get sidetracked very often. Today, I kind of came in with the theme, big dog. Uh, very business like show today. We got we got to go over these college football games. I mean, I've got them written down. I want to hear your comments. Got to go over oh, the yeah. NFL games from yesterday. We'll do our uh, weekend rapid fires. We always do a quick, spirited, if not musically oriented. Uh, Recap of the of the day in NFL football on Sundays. Got a couple other things to talk about, but uh, we got to stay on task today, Big Dog, because it was a great football Friday, football weekend. Coach, you you picked the perfect day to do this because I figured if I'm not going to do anything on Saturday but watch football, I did it so well on Saturday. I can't even explain it. I, I got up at eight at the breakfast. I watched everything from nine a.m., mm-hmm. which was the pregame show, all the way through about one thirty in the morning when I finally quit watching football. This would have been the, yesterday would have been the, or Saturday, I should say, would have been the time for us to do our uh, appearance at the sports bar. It would have been, well, it would have been excellent. And you know what would be even better is, believe this or not, that on Saturday, I did not even drink any alcohol. No beer, shocking. nothing. Absolutely I mean, shocking. I mean, because normally college football, that you have to have a Miller High Life with college football. That's just, but I did this week. I just, nothing but, mm-hmm. nothing but college football for 15 hours straight was beautiful. By the way, I did so- nothing around the house, too, by the way. Very good, very good. Very proud of you. I was a little worried about Lily the Lilac's influence on you, you know, that maybe you were taking the weekend off, concentrating too much on hot pursuit of things other than quarterbacks, but uh, it appears you uh, you had your nose to the grindstone. You had your task on uh, being a highly qualified or semi-qualified sports talk professional. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm dedicated, Coach. <laughs> I've got, I've got a supreme focus that I have never had before in my life recently. Yeah, so what, are really, you reading off a script, or you know, you could say that with a little bit more um, passion? No, no, I can, you don't know. You, you didn't see the smile on my face as I said it. That, I'm yeah. surprised it came out that deadpan because <laughs> I. I'm, <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, speaking of beer, I got to bring this up. That uh, Tony Larusa, because we're going to get all lost in football. We're not going to bring up baseball. Larusa announces his uh, retirement. That's yeah. the late-breaking news. St. Louis Cardinals had their parade. But I like the fact, now, first of all, I want to make sure you are aware, most of our fans are aware, about three years ago, Tony LaRusso had a little incident where the police stopped him like 2 o'clock in the morning, and he not only was drunk and driving, he was literally passed out at a red light. Yeah, well, did you say the police stopped him, or did the police pull over yes. and check out why a guy was stopped at a the- stop? The latter would have been a better description. You're exactly correct. And his picture, I'm calling it, it was like a Nick Nolte type picture, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so you got that whole thing, you know, in the background of Tony LaRusso. Well, apparently, uh, A, he shows up 40 minutes late for the parade. But B, are you ready for this? I'm not making this up. He was brought in. What? A limo driver. No, no, no. Uh, Whatever. Okay, but he was brought into the parade. You ready for this? On a... 
a cart, horse pulled. Uh, first of all, it's a Budweiser sponsored cart pulled by the Budweiser Clydesdales. And the, the guys had the green jackets on. <laughs> I saw it, coach. It was phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, that's an easy punchline to put in. There's a lot of ways you could go with that, but I found the irony quite beautiful. You know what, though? Sometimes people who do something stupid like that learn their lessons and they never yeah. do it again. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I know as he was, he wasn't exactly pulled over. He had the car in park yeah. and he was sleeping. The problem was it was at a stop sign. <laughs> and that's true. That was his predicament. He decided yeah. to take a nap at a stop sign, yep. which will get you in trouble often. Well, a lot, coach. On the other hand, I mean, you know, this is the opposite of the cake or cake with ice cream. You've got two. It's the double negative here, but I'd rather have the guy put it in drive and fall asleep. Hopefully you're not, like, on a highway. But uh, I'd rather have him do that than continue driving if he's totally impaired. Again, neither one of them are particularly good choices. Oh, uh, you're trying to tell me you would rather have him drive asleep than drive drunk. No, I would rather have You said he was in park. I'd rather have him put the car in park and pass out or fall asleep. That's better. Again, assuming it's not a super busy street, uh, is it not? That's better than, than you know, trying to drive home in a severely impaired state. You're not buying that. Did we lose? I think we lost Big Dog. Yeah. I heard the phone go a little wacko. We'll get the Big Dog back in a second. Maybe he's going over to have a Miller High Life, or maybe he's going to test it out. I don't know. We got him back? Apparently not. 888-463-6748. That's the phone number, folks. You want to check in. Two guys at a mic will try to get the big dog in. Again, checking in via his telecommunicative phone line out in Aurora, Illinois. Our phone line, our, our phone number here. If you want to check in, 888-463-6748. I think we got him back now. Big dog, are you uh, back with us? I thought maybe you went for a Miller highlight. Yeah, well, the, the, that, that conversation got a little boring for me, so I had to quit paying attention. <laughs> Uh, the old double negative, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad, uh, you know, a tough financial weekend for you, but I'm glad you got to watch some football. But, uh, boy, Saturday, I, I want to get to USC, but that's not the first game we're going to go over. I got a slate to show to fire at you. And, again, I think the best Saturday of college football. And just to encompass the whole thing, Big Dog, and I think you'll agree with me, it was a great representation on a beautiful autumnal weekend of why most of us love college football so much. From the great talent, coaching, to the pageantry, was all there this weekend. Yeah, and, and Coach, when you start bringing up the stuff, there's one story that you better not forget. That It better be okay. a part of that, and it's one of the reasons why this sport of football okay. is so great. All right. And make, it was just, it just, so just want to throw that keep, out there, Coach. Keep it. Well, you put pressure on me now. Keep a note and make sure at the end of it here that I did cover it. All right. First of all, I want to start all kinds of story, weird happenings, interesting things, great games. I want to go back to Thursday because we didn't cover. Just a quick note. Houston, the Fighting Cougar, won their football game on Thursday. And I believe his name is Casey Keenum, their quarterback, record-setting quarterback, threw nine touchdowns in one game, Big Dog. Coach, and he sat out like the last like five minutes of the game. Wow. Uh, Casey Keenan was going to set every single uh, Division One record, the, the ones that he doesn't hold already. And that we talked about him earlier in the year, if you remember how he was going to set it. Yep. I mean, I'm glad he is because he's he's passing Tommy Chong and everyone. And, and I don't mean to be rude, but Tommy Chong threw like a million interceptions at Hawaii and had a losing record. You know what I mean? And by mm-hmm. the end of his senior year, was no longer even starting. Was that under the uh, throwing Samoan June Jones coaching career? 
Yeah, do you remember that? And he was yep. like legit. They would lose like seventy to thirty, and he would throw for five hundred and eighty yards and four touchdowns, and they can happen every game. Mm-hmm. So, in some weird way, I'm kind of glad Casey Keenan's breaking all those records. Nine touchdowns in one game. By the way, quick wow. trivia for you: Who was the actual throwing Samoan? Who was known as the throwing Samoan? The throwing Samoan, Marcus Tuiasasopo. No. Yeah, well, that was his nickname. I didn't know who was the original throwing. The Samoan. original one. I'm gonna. I Got to get his last Washington University, Jack. Damn, not going to remember his last name. You know, that, that's crazy because Marcus Tuiasosopo went to Washington no. University also. He I, went to UW. But there was a throw in Samoan, I think, before Mashuyayi Tobiosa or whatever his name is. Anyhow, let's not get sidetracked. So we, we started off on Thursday with Casey Keenum, nine touchdowns. Let's get to Saturday's game. This is not the marquee game, but it's worth mentioning. Georgia and Florida. We wrote off Georgia. We rode off the Bulldog. Producer David Olson took it off my list. We should have been well, following them a little bit. All of a sudden, they, they win, win, too, win. Coach. What's that? They, they were 0-2. Yes, that's why we rode them off, and I yeah. understood. David Olson tore the seat up, said forget about Georgia. He was wrong. Five wins in a row. They come back, make it six in a row. They beat Florida. I think that's a big win for Georgia and Mark Richt. He's going to keep his job. And how about Florida? Four losses in a row under the great Charlie Weiss. Yeah, well, he's a, he's the the yeah. offense coordinator Will, over there. Will Muschamp. Yep. Oh my goodness, coach. You know that game. You know, I try to get as much of that as possible, but there were so many good games on it. At two thirty in the afternoon on Saturday, there were five marquee football games being played, so it's kind of hard to. And I think there was a replay of one of the better Price of uh, Price's Rights also, just to throw that in. Well, and then uh, Golden Girls had one of my favorite episodes out, <laughs> too. So. Oh, boy, you watch. That was tough at 2.30. You, you take a break from a quarterback, take it a snap up close from a center, and then go to B. Arthur on the other channel. That's a solid one-two combination, Big Dog. Yeah, must have wasted two timeouts in the third quarter. And, uh, I mean, that right there, uh, they they yeah. showed Weiss when he called the second one. They show up on the score, and he's like, what, what's going on? <laughs> it was hilarious. How's Charlie? Well, I haven't watched a whole lot of Florida football. How's the, is the belt buckle, is it still as high as ever, or is it, are the pants lowering a little bit? All i got to tell you is there's got to be a good hamburger place somewhere in Central <laughs> Florida because that he is not looking good. Oh, boy. Not looking good whatsoever. And the fact that he's basically got a freshman quarterback, well, obviously Brantley's back, but he had a freshman quarterback for four weeks or three the last three weeks when they lost, and he did not look good. Four but. losses in a row for once powerful Florida. All right, moving along. Notre Dame against Navy again. Not the marquee game of the day, but it worth mentioning. Notre Dame all over Navy. They absolutely blow them out from start to finish. But the story there was a little upheaval in the Notre Dame program during the week. Brian Kelly starting to get on the nerves of people with his negativism, started to separate a little bit through a couple of his comments, his players, and the players recruited by Charlie Way. He made a big apology to the team, trying to get a little kumbaya going. Notre Dame played a great game, but uh, lots of weird things there. Bottom line, though, Big Dog Irish played outstanding. Who would have the head coaching carousel that has happened since they decided to force Lou Holtz to step down. Yep. Notre Dame, you, you're getting exactly what you deserve. No offense to like Bob Davey. Bob Davey's a good man, and I like Bob Davey. But since Bob Davey, they've had nothing but a bunch of uh, nitwits. Uh, George O'Leary <laughs> lying on his resume. Think of it, don't forget, George O'Leary's involved in this too, Coach. Oh, yes. We always forget about that, you know. Yep. He lies on his resume. And then the whole Charlie Weiss point that he goes to recruit a kid by sitting down in the living room and 
why should you come to Notre Dame? And he points out a world championship ring. What does a Super Bowl championship have anything to do with Notre Dame? Okay, and, and then now we have this Brian Kelly dude who flat out basically said, I'm sick of the juniors and seniors around here uh, acting like, you know, it's their right to play here and you have no emotion and uh, we need more leaders. Like, I'm going to my freshman and sophomores basically saying, I want my guys to step up and, yep. and we're playing my guys from now on. And I, that the uh, Mateo wasn't too happy. The inside linebacker, who's their best football player, who was recruited by Charlie Weiss, and I don't like sticking yeah, up you, Charlie Weiss. You see what he tweeted? What he tweet? He, his tweet from uh, Monte Teo was just playing for my bros now. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Like just forget about for coach, just playing for my teammate. But they did have a little. Uh, I think Brian Kelly, Mister Ego himself, did. Uh, the balloon got deflated a little bit. I think the players appreciated seeing that, so it's not a situation he cannot recover from. The problem is, can a, what's the expression? Can a Tiger really change his stripes? In the long run, is Brian Kelly get a change? But the players did respond with a great game against a average Navy team. No, the, the, he is not going to change his stripes. There's always going to be issues of him screaming at a quarterback because he didn't uh, kill the player, do the right check down, and next thing you know, it acts like the world ends. You know, I never feel sorry for professional athletes. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You know what? I could care less. I don't care if you get food. You know, all that stuff. Very rarely do I ever feel bad for those guys. But think about a guy like Monte Teo. Okay, he comes over from Hawaii to Notre Dame, and he agrees to play for Charlie Weiss. And then all of a sudden, Weiss is fired, and he has to deal with Brian Kelly for two seasons. I mean, that. Worst things have happened to people, but there is no way that guy does not go pro this year. No I'm picturing way. a whole other segment. We can't get into it because, again, we're business-like today. We're staying on track. It's a yeah. new, it is a new motto here on the show. It's going to last through today, and then we'll go back to our usual way tomorrow. Excellent. But I was picturing Brian Kelly and the way he loses it and starts screaming in different professions. And I'm kind of smiling, and, and you know, in the background, as you were, you know, like as a hairdresser, as an auto, yeah. as the head of an auto mechanic place, you know, you can just. <laughs> There's a number of situations where, um, if Saturday Night Live wanted to run with that, they uh-huh. could they could oh, have a little my. bit of fun. <laughs> the Brian Kelly School of Retail uh, re- Real Estate uh, Sales, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or at the retail store, somebody wants to bring me. Yeah, this dress didn't quite fit, sir. We got extra. What the hell are you talking about? You picked it out the first time. We got dressing rooms here. That's what. <laughs> I think that's, they made that movie uh, for uh, for sales. It's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I do believe. It's the Brian Kelly version of that. I, so. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I'm not planning on watching it. Thank you. But the uh, the Devil Wears Prada is on my must-see list. All right. Wisconsin and Ohio State next up on the list. Uh, you know what? I was watching USC and Stanford, so I did not catch this game. I know it was a phenomenal game. Huge win for Ohio State. We already talked about it. And the weird thing is here, Big Dog, it was very similar to a week before Wisconsin, behind most of the game, couple of big touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They finally catch the Buckeyes, and again, amazingly, they lose in the last few seconds on a long pass. Uh, the, the the play Braxton Miller made, the freshman who basically threw it up, but he he, was, he didn't just throw it up. He saw the guy, was able to run and get a little space and like turn his shoulders, and then he just chucked it. So it did look like a heave. You know what I mean, Coach? But he was even into the he was even into an individual player. And that Devon Smith got pass, oh pass wide uh, defense catches the ball. They they go up with a, a minute and eleven to go, and then they move right down the field. And then all of a sudden they started trying for bombs. I didn't get that, Coach. When uh, when Wisconsin got the nice kickoff return, and now they're down four points. 
they get to their own 40-yard line, okay, and then they started chucking it down the field. If they would have got a couple 20-yard completions, they could have gotten the area where they could have thrown it in the end zone. I, mm-hmm. I really don't know what happened there, but there's a, a horrible pass interference call. I have no idea what that guy was doing pushing on the Wisconsin receiver. And there's another guy with a face mask with no time on the clock, and now Wisconsin gets the ball on the Ohio State 40, and they can throw the ball in the end zone in Ohio State, which that place was going crazy, Coach, for 59 minutes and, and, and 50 seconds. All of a sudden, there was a hush. That You could have heard a pin drop in that stadium. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. And then, you know, so you're like, they're going to – I'm like, Cloudy, who's a diehard die Ohio State fan, is almost in tears up there. He's like, man, they're going to lose. He just, he just felt like Wisconsin was going to make it. And then, uh, I guess, you know, everybody was wide open downfield. Ohio State came with four rushers, and they, they were like, we're going to get pressure instead of just letting them sit there and throw the ball. And he got hit from behind, game over. Uh, Ohio State wins. That was a phenomenal game. But I watched a lot of the the USC Stanford game, Coach. See, what I do is I taped the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. And then what happens is I just go back and forth, and every time I miss something in the Ohio State game, I would rewind Mm -hmm. it real quick and and watch it. So I saw, like, legitimately, I would say, 85% of the the Stanford-USC plays and 100% of the Wisconsin. Let's get to that one in just a second. But to finish out, the Wisconsin-Ohio State, just a phenomenal game. And I guess the bigger story, big picture, if we could take some perspective, Big Doe, we already talked about a huge psychological win for Ohio State. Their young coach, Luke Fickle, congrats to them. They're back on track. But for Wisconsin, a team that both you and me, uh, you know, we had analyzed, thought, you know, legitimate national championship contender, mm-hmm. powerhouse ball club, for the game to have been that close, for them to have been behind for most of the game, for it to come down to the last second play, I guess indicates two weeks in a row, Wisconsin's good, but they're not quite the powerhouse team we thought they were. No, no, yeah, you're exactly right, Coach. And their their defense has not stepped up like it. you really would need for a, a national title uh and, and forget, just say uh, Michigan State doesn't complete the the pass, and they win in overtime, mm-hmm. and just say somehow they, they pull out this Ohio State game, and you can name one play about five different times in the game, five different plays that Wisconsin would have won if that didn't happen. They would, if you still look at it, the the how great of defense that they're playing down there in Alabama and LSU, Wisconsin beating those teams would be like a ten percent chance of mm-hmm. beating either one of those teams. So, okay. yeah, I, I'm with you, coach. They're right. they're definitely nowhere near as as elite as we thought they'd be. Moving right along, let's talk about the game you just alluded to, and as good as Wisconsin Ohio State was. Now you watched them both, Big Dog, but I I only watched one. But I'm going to still come out and say as good as that Buckeye Wisconsin game was. The game of the weekend and one of the best college football games you'd ever want to see. You want to get a Christmas present wrapped up for your college football fan? This would be the game for you. I mean, you had Saturday night, national TV. You had Brett Musburger, Kirk Herbstreet. You had the great atmosphere at USC. Unbelievable game. Goes into triple overtime. Stanford wins it. Big Dog, as good a college football game as I've seen, honestly, in a long, long time. Yeah, And Coach? I'm going to, going on my own behalf here. It was an absolute joy to watch for me because Stanford plays the exact style of offense that I would play. I'm almost in tears when I watch those guys play. Uh, trust me, I don't miss any of the Stanford on offense plays, Coach, because you're, you're I, talking about easier. particularly that, that power formation where they just load it up and say, hey, here we are. Try and stop us. Yeah, we're, yeah, basically we're going to put a bunch of tight ends and fullbacks on the field. Yep. We're going to take four yards whenever we want it. 
oh, oh, by the way, check out that massive six foot eight tight end just just ran past your safety that is wide open in the middle of the field, and we have the best quarterback in the country, period, with the ball, and he's totally protected. I mean, I, I love that style of offense, coach. It's power football, and they kill you with the pass. When when Andrew Luck has the ball in his hands, you literally everybody in the country is thinking there's a chance that there will be a tight there's, that there's going to be a touchdown on this play. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many explosive players on their offense. But whoever 25 is, that wide receiver, he runs like he's a fullback. Do you know what that Stevens kid, number 25 on Stanford? The Bears need that kid. He runs angry, Coach, whoever that wide receiver is. I got a better player for the Bears, and I'm going to tell you in a second, and he played on the other team, but... Just to stick with Andrew Luck, uh, first of all, wasn't his best game. He came through when they needed him, but yeah, yeah. you talk about a great example of all, and I don't want to get too corny here, but I'll you know do it again, all that's good about college football. Andrew Luck is his quality a kid who is a flat-out star in getting that kind of notoriety as I've ever seen in college football. You talk about a competitor who stays composed, completely sportsmanlike. He never loses his composure. Got knocked out of bounds on late hits a couple times. No call from the officials. He gets up, pats the uh, USC player on the butt. One time he took his hand and gave a couple pats on the head referee's uh, head like, hey, no problem, you didn't call it, no problem, smile on his face. This kid is not only a great player, but just a total class act big dumb. Yeah, yes, coach, and he's really easy to root for, isn't yep. he? Yep, that's a good and, way and to describe. And you look at him, and he, he, and I'm not trying to make fun of him at all, but you know, he talks a little funny, and you might think that he's a a little slow. You know, I mean, for a split second, you might think that, and then you realize, I mean, the kid is just—he's got it all. He's got the mm-hmm. freaking whole package, and watching him play football is just a joy. So, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, I just love Stanford's offense coaching. Who's that six foot eight? What's his name? Well, they got Kobe Fleet. Cody Fleener's their starting tight end. You're talking about the uh, the blonde hair, the guy with the long flowing blonde hair. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the six foot eight Samoan number eleven. His name is Falama Mamo. He had like two touchdown catches in the game. The massive tight end, number eleven. Can't remember. Oh my goodness, coach! That that guy, I also would. Uh, not with Mike Marks, obviously, is the offensive coordinator. I would like to have this kid come in, choke Mike Marks out, mm-hmm. and then we'll get a new offense. All right. Well, you were enamored with Stanford. I've become, and I watched him play uh, Notre Dame last week, USC. And, you know, the image I had of Lane Kiffin jumping around from team to team, not very good. I've watched him play two weeks in a row, and his composure, the way he handles himself on the sidelines, compared to some of the other nutcases out there, I'm taking a lot more liking to uh, Mr. Lane Kiffin. The USC team, they can't play for the conference championship. They can't play at a bowl game. But, boy, do they play football. Big dog, beautifully coached. They play with enthusiasm. they got a lot of young talent out there. Uh, and I'm not normally a USC rooter, but uh, this USC team is easy to root for. And I'll give you the guy that you won't play for the Chicago Bears in a couple of years. Their freshman wide receiver, Marcus Lee, number nine. Oh, yeah, he can play coach. Wow. Yeah. True yeah. freshman. Now, their star is Robert Woods, who yeah. took a slight crapola in his pants. Robert Woods, uh, the, the lights were a little bit too bright for him. I guess he didn't practice during the week. He was a little off his game. He had that deer in the headlights. But this freshman, true freshman. Wow. Yeah, but, Coach, you have to admit, Woods didn't practice. He gets all the double teams, and his lead kid is is left in, in single coverage. And I, I, I still think Lee is going to be an all. He's going to be an All American wide receiver. But I, I, I still think 
Woods is still better than him. I just think there was circumstances in that game. Maybe he's good at taking people out. Maybe he's slightly better now, but this kid's got the most. You know, the, the play that impressed me most, this is the keen coach's eye that I have, Big Dog. Call me Mel Kuyper or uh, wannabe. Call me whatever you want, but I, you know, there's not many things I can do well. I think I can evaluate talent at the collegiate basketball and football level. Long pass. Long pass by Matt Barkley. He's going to be a pretty good NFL quarterback, too, the USC QB. Uh, and he just barely overthrew this kid, Marcus Lee, early in the game. Marcus Lee dives for the football right out of his hands. Just misses it. Pounds the ground real quick. Pops up. Runs back to the huddle. There was no body language of disappointment. It was like, darn, missed it. But he got up with such confidence and swagger and pep. If I could use that word, it just showed me something. This kid, and of course, the rest of the game, he made some huge catches. He's going to be a flat-out player. The other kid, I don't know if, if you want, you were flipping back and forth. Number 21, the cornerback for USC, 5 feet 8 inches tall, maybe 175 pounds. No, I'm not familiar with his Big work, dog, but... there were two plays that you would have literally, you would have done something in your pants, and it, it was so exciting it might not have been on the backside. <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy, he, there was a big blocker coming out, five feet eight inches tall. He just, he did a rip move on the blocker, fired the blocker away, dived for the running back. It's, it's too hard to describe here on the, on the, uh, the, the internet here, but, um, it was just phenomenal. This kid, 21, I think he might be a freshman or sophomore too. Tough, tough player, but I'm really impressed with USC. Well, the, that, that's cool because there's a, you know, it seems like the last couple of years there's been a bunch of defensive backs all around the country that have been – they're going back to can guys just play whether or not how big they are. Because, you know, if you're talking about a 5, 870-pound kid, they don't usually get offers from USC because mm-hmm. USC's like, well, we got we can give another guy that's 6'1", 200 pounds that yep. plays corner a scholarship. This kid's the special. Kid, uh, the kid Tyron Matthew from LSU who is uh, – who they call the honey badger? Who's he's he's what five foot six, one hundred and sixty pounds, and he's he leads all NCAA college football in most forced fumbles. So, well, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to check this guy out, coach. Because mm-hmm. anybody like that, I like. Yep. Um, just one final note: as great a game as it was, see if you're with me here. With big win for Stanford and everything, but a disappointing ending in that it didn't end on a true stop. It ended on a fumble. I thought it was. Almost a little anticlimactic as Stanford was celebrating. Well, you know, possibly. But who was going to stop who in that game? Well, that's that point, that's why the fumble was disappointing. It would have been fun to watch. The, the defense was so exhausted. Yes. I was, I, I was so happy because at least I covered the spread in that particular oh, game. Oh, boy, was that cheap. We're going to talk beat the schmoes after this, but that is a cheap way to win. You and the Swamp Rat, by the way. Seven and a half points. Goes triple overtime, you know, and even if they score, they miss the two-pointer. If you bet on USC, you win. Stanford, you lose. But they fumble, and they win by eight. That's that's coming in the back door, Big Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see you're not you're not too proud to accept it, are you? No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> times I've been robbed like that? Yeah, that's like, true. Well, All right. No, no. <laughs> immediately, immediately, when that happened, I turned to the people that were proliferating uh, in the house, and I'm like, Stanford's going to win by eight and cover the spread. And they were like, well, it's got to go three overtimes. And right when Stanford got the ball first, I was like, I, and I, I explained to everybody exactly how it was going to happen. And when it all worked out, when the guy fumbled, people, somebody smacked me in the back of my head. Just let you know, Coach. They're like, you don't deserve it. So like, I got hit for it. So I've already taken the punishment for that particular backdoor okay. cover. 
right. All right, moving quickly along. We do got to get to the NFL, too, but we're not done with college football. Penn State and Illinois, 0-0 at halftime. This is a big game for both teams, 0-0 at halftime. Illinois finally scores a touchdown. Penn State's offense, what is it, Galen Hall? You got him up in the booth. Galen Hall is like 83 years old calling the offensive plays. Then you got the red-haired dude, the young guy on the sideline. Between the two of them, that could be one of the worst offensive schemes I've ever seen. But the bottom line is... With two minutes left in the game, they finally put a touchdown drive together to beat Arolina at Big Dog. We had a field goal to tie it up. The field goal was missed by a great field goal kicker, and Illinois loses a heartbreaker 10-7. to you know, Obviously, you can point at the the offense. They only scored seven points. And, and I'm going to tell you, Penn State's defense is, is really good. Okay, so it's easy to point at them. But the hole that Illinois' offense was put in all day by their special team, and, and the coach, they, coach by Ron Zup. Coach, Penn State was doing nothing on offense, but at least their offense was starting on like they started on the 42 because of the original kickoff. And because of that, in a 0-0 game, Illinois was backed up. Their offense was starting on like the four-yard line because their punt return guy, Malines, decides to never, every time he doesn't fair catch, Coach, I have to change the channel because the ball's going to bounce about Forty yards past where he should have—I'm not kidding you—where he should have crossed the ball. It, the, 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 I cannot explain to you how, the best. Penn State dominated so much on special teams that the score of that yeah. game should have been like forty to seven. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding you how much they dominated one phase yeah. of the game. And again, and Illinois, Illinois, had, Illinois had a punt block for the second week in a row. <sighs> yes, yes. <laughs> Illinois missed a field goal for uh, Demke. Misses a field goal for the first time this season, yep. and earlier in the game, the 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 holder dropped the ball. Yep. Illinois special teams. It was the most abysmal unit in of all of college football out of the 360 possible ones this year. The three phases of all all yeah. teams. Illinois special teams was the worst in college football. <laughs> coached by Ron Zook, by the way. They took the offense and the defense away from him. They threw him a bone and said, "Here you go, coach the special teams," and they're the worst in college football. Now, when when they when he missed the field goal. Right before half in a 0-0 game, the TV announcers had to be a little bit more neutral. I was listening on the radio, Big Dog, in the car to the Illinois announcers, who Uh obviously don't have to be quite as neutral and even to some extent quite as what you would call quote-unquote professional. But they were just disgusted with the way the first half was 0-0. So after they lined up you know, for a field goal, well, at least we'll get three points. They even kidded their halftime guy. Well, we'll see if we can get you some highlights to play at halftime. And then the bumble snap, it was hilarious to listen to the two announcers. The, the play-by-play guy said something basically like, what the hell just happened? Brian Barnhart, who, yeah. who I love. He, I love the guy. He's phenomenal. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. I'm uh, glad I wasn't listening. Yeah, tough to feed. <laughs> tough to. And we should mention, we should mention Joe Paterno, who really doesn't coach the team anymore. He sits up in the press box, but he is still the head coach. He became the winningest coach uh, in Division One history. Big Doug is 409th victory. Congrats to Joe Pop. You, you know, uh, I I love Joe Paterno, and I, and I it's up to him to decide when he steps down. Okay, but yep. Joe, you couldn't even go to your team at halftime and talk to them. Okay, because you're you're that banged up. Yeah. If you don't feel like it next year, you cannot continue to coach that way. It's not yep. the way that you want to go out. Yeah. Okay. So that I would agree. I I do give him a lot of credit though. Um, in the press conference afterwards, the biggest thing he told people was, "Hey, just for me to be even be mentioned, 
with a name like Eddie Robinson, and he talked about how Eddie Robinson, you know, gave opportunities and scholarships to African-American athletes that back in that time that were not getting those opportunities. And he really credited a lot to the uh, the legend that is Eddie Robinson. I thought that was pretty classy by Joe Paterno. Yeah, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. And uh, ex- expected. Right when I heard Paterno speak in the way he was, uh, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, that's so nice. And I was like, oh, that's, that's exactly what we expect out of a man that's nothing but class and, I mean, think about all the that he's given back to that university, yeah. Penn State University. Forget about just like building libraries. I mean, he's actually been in the library. You know what I mean? He's, he goes to girl volleyball, excuse me, lady volleyball games. Mm-hmm. He does all that stuff, coach. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt, he represents. He'll be Penn State University. Hopefully, I live fifty more years, coach. Mm-hmm. And if he's not coaching for the next forty-nine of them, fifty years from now, when somebody brings up Penn State, Joe Paterno will somehow be in that image of mm-hmm. Penn State. Great weekend at college football recap and some of the games. Big Dog and the coach, you want to check in. You watch some uh, football on Saturday. We'll get to the NFL in just a second here. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Feel free to dial it up. A couple more to mention, dog. Got to talk about Northwestern real quick. Beating Indiana 59-38. to Offensive explosion for the Wildcats. Their defense still sucks. Kane Coulter catches six passes. For 115 yards, he's hardly ever played wide receiver before. Oh, and he also had quarterback throws for two touchdowns. Uh, what a day he had. What a day everybody had on the on the Northwestern offense. Dan Persa looking phenomenal. That that first half coach, obviously they scored 21 points in the second half, so they had a really good second half too. But that first 18 minutes of the game or so, that was on everything they did. It was like Pascal. The Northwestern quarterback would drop back. He'd have all day. He would hit a wide-open receiver who would run untouched for a touchdown. I mean, does that pretty much sum up? Yeah, and and they've taken their hurry-up offense, and it's hard to believe, but they've actually hurried it up. They're playing faster now than they were early on, and early on they were playing faster than anybody in the country. I absolutely love this new style of offense. I I mean, legitimately, Coach, I can't get enough of this. I, I, I love the fullback and the tight end and all that. But if you're going to go spread and you're going to just continue to run play after play after play, I'm such a football junkie, I can care less what you're giving me. It's, it's, <laughs> you can't. You know how hard it is for me, though, to change the channel? It's very difficult. Back in the old days, oh, the guy running a tackle is made, you put, oh, that's second and two. You flip over to the other channel, you got to wait till they break the huddle, blah, blah, blah. The play happens, and you knew you'd be able to get back and you'd see the other team break the huddle. You can't do that anymore. You change the channel watching college football, you're going to miss like two touchdowns, an interception return for a touchdown, and a block kick. Yeah. It's, it's impossible to, it's, it's no reason for me to have nine million channels anymore. I've come to the realization. <laughs> Bounce back win for Northwestern real quick. Two more undefeated teams. They're starting to drop like flies. We're starting, well, not flies, but they're starting to drop slowly, but surely would be a better description. This week, Kansas State, big game. Challenge match against Oklahoma. Forget about it. Oklahoma, in a revenge mode, blows out Kansas State. And Clemson, great ball club, big dog, but it's hard to get up week after week. They've played a difficult schedule. Finally got to them. The Yellow Jacket knock off the Clemson team. Uh, I'll get to Clemson. I'll get to the other one first. Kansas State has the worst offense in the in the Big 12, one of the worst in the country. It's been special teams and defense crossing their fingers and, and kissing their butt before they go to bed trying to win football games. And they were undefeated doing it. Oklahoma was angry. Oklahoma came in. They took care of business. Kansas State came back late. They got their quarterback, kid by the name of Chucky Klein, coach. 
He's a real big kid, like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but he can run a little bit. And he's like Roethlisberger. People just seem to fall off of him when he's running. So uh, Oklahoma, they're going to be all right the rest of the year. They have a big game with Oklahoma. Even though they, they did lose their lead running back for the rest of the year. They did. Yeah, what's his name? Wayne? Wanley? Uh, no, no. Worley? Yeah. Uh, no, that's not it. They're top running back. Oklahoma. W- WH. A-N-L-E-Y, something like that. Anyhow, he's out for the season. What about um, what about Clemson, Georgia Tech? Well, Dabo Sweeney goes in there thinking everything is going to be all right, all fired up. They feel Georgia Tech's up 24-7, and Clemson can never uh, make it a game after that. Now, uh, Clemson superstar freshman Sammy Watkins went off again, but it was basically him versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech lost two games on the road that looked absolutely abysmal. They come home. They're they're playing Clemson, and Clemson is for the first time in years that hasn't tripped up all season long. And of course, they end up losing to a triple option team that looked brutal the last two mm-hmm. weeks, coach. So that just Clemson. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to get it done. They always have like teased people with these great teams, uh, but they can well, still win the ACC. Yeah, let's let's not write. Still... Don't write them off this year. They're still having a great season. They played a tough schedule, lost one game. You know, let's let's not say oh they're falling back to the pack. It's still a very good Clemson team, just no longer a national championship contender. Yeah, that's that's all I was talking about with that. But yep. obviously they're a very good team. They can still win the ACC, win a BCS game, and mm-hmm. have a great phenomenal season. Uh, final one to talk about. What a weekend it was for college football, folks. Phenomenal Saturday, great upsets, and uh, and even the ones that weren't upsets. Great, great game. All kinds of weird things happening. But we got to mention Nebraska and Michigan State at Nebraska. The Spartans coming off that big win over Wisconsin. Nebraska kind of laying low with a surprisingly good record, sort of like Penn State. But uh, Nebraska all over Michigan State. This surprised a lot of people. I think it surprised you, Big Dog. Rex Burkholder got the ball early and often for Nebraska. Big win for the Husker. Yeah, 35 carries, about a, about 130 yards. And I swear his long for the day might have been six yards. <laughs> you know, it's just like a guy got four yards every single time you handed it to him. Which, uh-huh. you know, as a coach, you just got to giggle and like something like that. But, uh yeah, a phenomenal game for the Nebraska offensive line because Michigan State's defensive line is the strength of that team. And I watched most of that game, and trust me, they were at the point of attack. Nebraska dominated, period, especially on offense. Mm-hmm. Well, you remember back in their heydays, the great days, that's where Nebraska's greatness was. They used to uh, recruit these big, huge offensive linemen. They would redshirt them as freshmen. Mm-hmm. And basically, they didn't even tell them to go to the football field. They would tell them to, A, go to the cafeteria, B, to the weight room. Take a class, yeah. back to the cafeteria, weight room, or right, go to another class. And basically, they fed these guys, got them strong as redshirt freshmen, and they were ready to go for four years. I mean, they had all-American offensive linemen coming out of the kazoo, big dog. That was the secret of their success for many years. We're talking NFL Hall of Fame uh, offensive linemen like Will Shields, people like that. Will Will Shields in college used to break people's backs. I mean, they phenomenal. What was the guy's name? Dean Steinmuller or something like that? Dean, there was Dean Steinkuhler, who was uh, the best guard ever in the history of college football. Dave Remington. Yes. Who they named the best, the best center in college football wins the Dave Remington Award. Wow. And that guy played in the 80s. That's how good he was at Nebraska. That guy used to block two people. It was just phenomenal. But I just want to just throw it out about the Nebraska weight room that you're saying. They weren't like, go in there, lift as much as you can, bang your head against the wall. <laughs> they revolutionized yep. the way that football players 
lift weights. You know, I mean, it was it's truly revolutionary, and I don't want to go into all that whole thing, but basically they did lifting movements of movements that you would do on the football field that mm-hmm. would make total sense. They didn't just go in there and bench press and squat and deadlift and clean and jerk, which are the, the fundamental lifts that they did those. They did other lifts, too, Coach. It's really, really cool. And and uh, Tom Osborne brought all that style, and yep. who's still the greatest college football coach yep. of my lifetime. Congressman Tom Osborne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now athletic director Tom Osborne. All right, and there's still more college football game phenomena. You, there was one note you said I better not miss. Did I cover it? No, you did not cover oh, it, Coach. All right, what I forget? Definitely, without question, uh, the most emotional uh, thing I saw this particular weekend was uh, Rutgers defensive tackle Eric LeGrand, who was yes. paralyzed last yes. season Thank on, you on for a bringing kickoff play. Yep. Uh, well, he led the Scarlet Knights onto the field for Saturday's game. And for me, it was totally awesome that as he led his team on the field, it was snowing. So uh, he is still in a chair for now, but he's not going to be in a chair forever. They told him he would never move again, and now he's doing stuff where he obviously he's being assisted at this point, but he is walking. And so, like, a year ago they said he'd never walk again, and now they're, like, the doctors are like, well, it's only a matter of time. This guy is unbelievable. He will be so determined. Well, so in the chair he leads out uh, the Scarlet Knights, and they got about two inches of snow on the ground at the time, so it was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. the Scarlet Knights and West Virginia played a phenomenal game. West Virginia pulls it out in the end, but they went back and forth. And without a doubt, I thought him leading – Coach, I, I was choked up watching it. Him, yep. him uh, leading the, the team on the field is pretty cool. Yeah, rightfully so. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I did forget that, but that was a uh... – outstanding moment no question about it big dog and a coach two guys at a mic show talkzone.com with you each and every day this week monday through friday five days a week one hour a day that makes five in total bringing you the best or at least attempting to bring you some of the best in sports talk radio sports and more here in the two guys in a mic show phone lines open 888-463-6748 we're businesslike we're on track today big dog we're staying on task we go to the nfl and look at some games the bears of course did not play our favorite team but some interesting things happening in the NFL. First of all, first of all, every football Friday we play Beat the Schmoes. Our listeners anxiously await it. Not really, but we say that just for the hell of it. Uh, our final results in Beat the Schmoes and Dog, before we get to you and me, he did it again, my friend. You go three, you know. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, hotter than a pistol, comes off with a three in O week. <laughs> All I knew is he, he won the Bengal over Seattle. Yes, he did. Know, I couldn't remember any of the other ones he had Yeah, the uh, Lions over the Denver. Uh, uh, Lions over Denver, I think they covered, huh? Yeah, that, that wasn't really fair, by the way. <laughs> and Houston over Jacksonville, which David got a little little dicey there, right? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, well, they won, won it by half a point. Woo. They were favored and, by nine and a half, and they won by ten. Now, are you? And, by the way, David. You, just like me, when in, you didn't deserve that one either because with yeah. with 19 seconds to go in the game, Coach, <laughs> Houston faces a fourth down and they're up by seven, okay? And they decide to kick a 46-yard field Oh, goal. that's weak. they got to cover mean, the spread. Honestly, Dave, I mean, I, I, they dominated, and in, in a sense, you had the game right. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up on. More than seven. Hold on. There's Re- no way you kick that field goal. That's one of the – Stupidest football decision. They got lucky it wasn't blocked and returned for a touchdown. Wait a minute, you wait a minute. There's, there's got to be something more. Hit the rewind button. Let me go backspace for a second. They're up seven. Yes. With 19 seconds, 19 to go seconds the game. left. What yard line are they on? 
it was on the 29th. It was a 46-yard field goal. All right, let me think about this now. And what, it was it? It was fourth down. Yes. All right. Well, let's see. How many yards to go? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the yard is to go. So with. your options. Well, what are your options? Your options. You're not going to punt. So your options well, are to go for it. And if, let's say it was more than fourth and one. So if it's fourth and five, fourth and six, you don't make it. They could come back and tie up the game. So my initial reaction is you're exactly right. That's a terrible play, but maybe not because. Well, he made the field goal. Well, what I'm saying, well, was, my initial reaction is why in the hell would you go for a field goal? But at the 29-yard line, the punt is not an option. Assuming it was fourth why, and why fifth. Why wouldn't the push punt be an option? Why wouldn't it be? From the 29-yard line? Why can't you just pin them uh, right down? I it? don't think so. I don't know, but that's weird. Amazing. So the they go for a field goal. Were you watching, Dave? I just had the box score up on the computer. Okay. okay. So yeah, I did see. I did see that what was going on. So. Wow. Now you you do you do this uh, getting a little luck was is fine. I'm not complaining that you want. Just wondering. I am. What would you do, David? Seriously, as as a coach on the 29 yard line, and your your defense has really dominated Jacksonville this whole day. Jacksonville has done nothing offensively. Let's say it's all was given to them on inside the 10, which fourth and time. fourth and six. What do you do? Oh yeah, you, you I, punt and you pin them back. You pin them punt back. from yeah, the 29. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you just you, you coffin corner. You could do it. Exactly. Kick it out of bounds. Exactly, Coach. Yeah. You, you punt it, let the clock wind down, wind down, wind down. It's so easy to block a field goal and return it for a touchdown. It's so much easier to do that than it is to have one play go 80-plus yards for a touchdown. It's almost impossible. Yeah, you're probably right. With 19 seconds left, that's amazing. That's so When they kicked it, I, I, just, I didn't know what the spread was, but I do remember then. I was like, oh, I think David Olsen, because I remember telling you, that Jacksonville, they blew their wide in the Monday night game, and then they'll come out and, and lay that. David, you're just flying right now. And then to pick Detroit over Denver is almost like stealing candy from a baby. You probably realized about three minutes into that football game that you had no chance of losing that game. <laughs> That's how bad that Denver Oh, well, no, no, no. Well, I, I said that on Friday. I said that on Friday. I mean, there, there, was, there was no way Tebow could do anything against that defense. And I, I also said on Friday I, I was going to pick Detroit. That was my clear hunch pick. But then, beep, 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 the old Tebow factor, and I got scared off it like a total rookie, big dog. Shame on me. Well, you know, Tebow is going to do something absolutely amazing again this year. Okay, and like like I told Cloudy, okay, we're all sitting there. And everybody's just dumbfounded. It's 45-3, and Tebow starts leading the, the, the drive late in the game to make it 45-10. Okay. <laughs> And everybody's just kind of like, oh, and I, I got up, and I started, I pounded my fist. People will never quit. I don't care how much for I think. And it, that's, he's going to do it again, Coach. They're going to they're gonna end up beating somebody that's like 1-13, in 13, you know, on a last-second drive, and he's going to talk about how huge the win was. When they beat Miami last week, he was, this is huge. This proves I can do it. I'm going to improve what? Didn't prove anything. So. All right, now, big dog on Beat the Schmoes, we know you lost Wisconsin. You won the Stanford game on the uh, the backdoor slider. Tennessee, did they cover against Carolina or no? No, uh, Tennessee decided to get a uh, to go for a field goal on, on fourth and one on the opening drive on the goal line, and and they got three points, and then they did not score the rest of the ball game, and they lost fourteen to three. So you went and one and two. You are an official slump, my friend. Uh, and you know, it's at some point. The fans are going to start pointing the finger at Lily the Lilac and the distractions. It's not there yet, but 
Another week or two because you were red hot and now all of a sudden one and two, oh and three, one and two, one and two. You, uh, drastic measures may have to be taken, Doug. Well, uh, maybe my luck has changed and I'm, I'd much rather prefer the luck and the way it's going now and I'll, I'll continue to go one and two the rest of the season. Are you saying what, get your priorities straight between beat the schmoes and your own personal relationships. Get the pecking order straight, would you please? Well, uh, for the first time ever, I'm, I think I might be choosing my own personal relationships at this point over Beat the Schmoes, which means that I might end up starting to get – and don't forget, I watched football this whole weekend, Coach. So this yes. this week coming up, okay, I should be prepared, okay? <laughs> All right, and just as a sideline, big dog, my streak continues. Thank you very much. I went two and one, so – with an 0-3 slipped in there, but five of the last six weeks, five of the last six weeks against the spread, I've had winning weekends. They've all been two ones. I haven't pulled off a 3-0, and but uh, the coach, after firing my entire staff, I'm back on track and then some big dog. And, and the two yeah. games that I picked, if you remember correct, my theme was NFL teams are going to play for pride. The winless Rams, the winless Dolphins, they're going to suck it up in the locker room. Did you hear the Steven Jackson speech? No, I did not, but I want to see it. I love Steven Jackson, Coach. I, I, I love Steven Jackson. Without, no, not Steven. That. I'm talking about Steven Jackson, the football player. Coach. Yeah. Come on. He's the guy who pumped up the St. Louis Ram. But anyhow, the Rams upset New Orleans, and, of course, uh, Miami almost pulled it off um, against the New York Giants, but they blew that game. Anyhow, I went 2-1, beat the Schmoe. We did have one of our um, emailers, uh, emailer Kevin. Kevin from, I believe, Homewood Flossmoor checked in at 3-0, and so he uh, went perfect also. Well, yeah, it kind of sucks for him that David Olsen yes. is playing. Yep, because oh. the game is called Beat the Schmoes, not Tie the Schmoes. It's like Blackjack, the tie goes to the dealer. Yeah, sorry, guys. We we make the rules, we can break the rules. All right, dog, real quick, NFL football, you ready? I am ready for and I enjoyed a, a long day of NFL football okay. yesterday myself. Well, we only got about two minutes, so we're not going to get to all the games. But real quick, Pittsburgh over New England, 25-17, big win for the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger was awfully good. Uh, he was awfully good. He got sacked a bunch, but he took care of the football. And the Steelers decided to play man-to-man against those deadly Patriot receivers, and they couldn't adjust, Coach. Baltimore knocks off Arizona 30-27. to There were a lot of potential upsets yesterday, but some of the teams came back. Baltimore did after being down 21 points. Anquan Bolden has a big game, and Joe Flacco got hot in the second half. Joe Flacco, miserable in the first half, awesome in the second half because he got the ball to Anquan Bolden, and he bites the hand that once fed him, his former teammates, the Cardinals, by going seven catches, 145 yards. How about the Sunday night game? Philadelphia and Dallas. Jerry Jones called it a proving game ground for his Dallas Cowboys team. We're better than our record. We're a legitimate team. This is a must game. They laid a complete egg. No, not complete. Part of it was Philadelphia was brilliant. Michael Vick, LaShawn McCoy, and the Eagles all over the Cowboy. Yeah, uh, DeMarcus Ware is the best football player in America that nobody knows about, and he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. He goes out and dominates yesterday with four sacks, and he walks off the field looking like a beaten man. Tennessee knocks off Indiana 27-10. The Indianapolis Colts 0-8. Who would have thunk it in Tennessee? Chris Johnson, the multimillion-dollar player who held out for more money, 14 carries, 34 yards. They got rid of him. Javon Ringer, he became the main guy for the Tennessee Titan Dogs. Uh, and you know what? I know they paid him all that money, and they're and they're probably being like, "What happened?" Well, just just forewarn all the Matt Forte fans talking about pay the man his money because that that's that's what happens when you pay running backs their money in the NFL. Buffalo twenty three, Washington nothing. Two hundred and seventy six National Football League's coach 
games. Coached by Michael Shanahan, he's never been shut out. The Buffalo Bills did it yesterday. Six sacks, they intercepted John Beck a couple of times. Bills all over the Redskins in a blowout. Yeah, the Redskins are an awfully tr- they're an awful lot of trouble. Ryan Terrain is their starting halfback. Jonathan Beck is their starting quarterback. Santana Moss is out. Their best receiver is Jabbar Gaffney. I mean, literally, the Redskins. The Redskins this year. I can't imagine them winning another game, Coach. Think about who. That's their offense. How who are they going to beat? Do they have the Colts or the or the Rams on their schedule or the Dolphins? Daniel Snyder is uh, probably listening and not too happy with you when you're saying that. It was only one loss, Daniel Snyder said. They'll bounce back. But you're saying they're going to lose the rest of their games. Well, he slapped he slapped John Beck in the face with a $100 bill yesterday. Just for the day. <laughs> and walked away. All right, dog. we got more games to get to. We flat ran out of time, got too excited about college football. But uh should be a great week here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. We'll go over tomorrow, a residue Tuesday, the uh, St. Louis Cardinal baseball parade and everything with Tony La Russa, too. But... Uh, disappointed you didn't make more money this weekend, but dog, glad you had a chance to sit down in the lazy chair and watch a little college football. Yeah, it was awfully good, Coach, and now it's time to clean up this whole entire house and uh, welcome a bunch of crazy kids in crazy costumes. Happy Halloween, That's everybody. Right. Absolutely. Everybody. Very good. Happy Halloween, everybody. David Olson, producer, thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow at 10. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com signing off. Thank you so much for listening.